I am not finding happiness here. I am not finding joy here, and I'm not finding purpose here. And so I started kind of losing my mind, and all of a sudden it's like, what should I do instead? That's when ideas started to come in, and I started grasping hold on things that I enjoy. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Gentleman's Atlas Podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools and resources to become the hero of your story. I'm your host, Isaac. And today's honest and authentic conversation is exactly what you need to hear to live life on your terms. So without wasting any time, let's go ahead and get right into today's episode. Gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back for another episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode Today is going to be a guest interview where I bring someone on where we can have a good, open, honest, and authentic conversation about self-improvement, about the stories and the journeys that we've been out on throughout our lives and that we've discovered things, that we've learned things and share these experiences with you guys so you may learn to better orient yourselves in whatever you want to do in life. Today's guest is someone that I wanted to bring on for the reason that we all come from different backgrounds. And I think it's important to realize that it's okay if we didn't start where we wanted to start. It's okay if we didn't have the pi- the picture perfect childhood or this amazing dream that we all think we have to have in order to succeed. But to show you that regardless of where we come from, we can always change the world that lives that we live in, the world that exists around us. Because at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to get ourselves out of difficult situation. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be short or won't take a lot of time. But it does mean we have a chance to change the lives of our own and of those that we care about in order for a better and a brighter future. So with that being said, let me go ahead and bring on today's guest, Monson. Monson, welcome to the show. My man, Isaac, pleasure to be here, man. I'm excited to, like you said, have a good conversation. Open, honest, authentic. I'm all about it. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Absolutely. So the best way to get started for today's episode is going to be to give the people a bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you're saying, I mean, it's so important. I like that you emphasized it's so important that it, wherever you start in life, that's just what you're dealt and you can't change it. Nobody can change it. So you just have to work with what you have and become something better. I come from a really unique situation and a really unique background. My family is extremely large. I'm the youngest of eight, originally from my mom and dad, and then I have two younger siblings who are my stepsister and my half-brother, and so there's a lot of us. When I was born, my parents had already had a lot of issues and things that I didn't learn about so much later in life, but I was about two years old, my parents got divorced, and it caused just, I mean, of course, the classic things that divorce causes, but there was just a lot of outside influence that caused it to be a little bit uglier than usual. And so I had a lot of siblings and family members who were divided. And being the youngest of the eight of us at the time from my mom, being the youngest, I saw one half of the family start to get into drugs, start to get into alcohol abuse, starting to get into some form of confinement at some point or another. Several of my siblings have been to prison and or jail. Um, I didn't know there was a difference when I was young, but there's a difference. Jail and prison, totally a different thing. And then the other half was more religious and a little bit more, I guess, center, level-headed is what I'd say. All of them are good people. Love my family. Love them all. 
no matter the mistakes that everybody's made. But when you're young, you don't want to get caught up in things that you shouldn't be just because your siblings are doing it. And so I was the youngest in this situation, and it was pretty much right down the middle, four people on one side, four people on the other. And it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I started realizing at a very young age that we all have an innate... I guess what I'd say, Isaac, is that we all have an innate goodness about us and we're able to just recognize right and wrong without anybody teaching us, without anybody telling us. I have experiences when I was very young that I knew kind of where I wanted to be. Um, as time went on, I lived with my dad for most of my life. He got custody of the kids, which is very rare, very rare. Um, and he got custody of us. And so I lived with my dad most of my life and he remarried eventually. We didn't have the best relationship with my stepmom. Nobody did on, on our side of the family. She brought two kids with her. Um, well, I guess her and my dad had a kid together, but they just, we butted heads. I've been kicked out of the house at the age of like 14 for, I don't even know what reason. <laughs> and to this day, I don't even know, but I was the one who had to apologize for it. That kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, I can laugh about it now. Obviously in the moment, it, it just wasn't fun, but we had those experiences and then eventually she developed a sickness and it increased to severe illness uh, mentally where she kind of went into a state of psychosis and was really losing her mind. And just over what, two years ago now she committed suicide and it caused a huge toll on my family, on my dad, especially. And then my younger siblings, the ones that were around her the most, um, and it was a really tough and, and unique experience, but I learned more from that, from all the trials and challenges that my family kind of faced me with, I learned more from those than I could have from anything else. And so that's that's kind of a rough, a rough draft background, but all those things are what have made me who I am now. And now it's, um, if you see this nice little poster behind me, my buddy made for me. I'm the host of a podcast called Life Must Go On, where I talk with people um, similar in this situation, where I discuss people who have been through traumatic events and help them be able to figure out how to overcome them, and or we talk about how they overcame them for the audience. Um, and currently, I'm working to be a professional speaker and a coach, and so the website should be finished soon. We're prepping up to it, but that's where we're at right now, Isaac. Well, man, I'm glad to hear you know share that aspect of all that story. To me, and I think it comes with saying a, a word of precedence um, or precedence that you have to realize that, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and that when we also speak about, you know, theories or what we think about backgrounds or just like overall generalization, it's not out of like a place of we think we're up here, they're down here. It's more our opinions and things and thoughts like that. So I think just for the audience listening out there, you really have to put into context that even my story is going to be different than your story, but we're talking on a basis of truth based on our relative truth. Mm. Um, so I think it's important to put that out there as I say the next thing that I'm about to say, which is I think a lot of people, especially in difficult situations, difficult upbringings, and then even speaking to someone like your dad, you know, who he had the divorce and he had the suicide. These types of families, they usually never have breaks, in my opinion. You know, there's always going to be, there's always a challenge after challenge after challenge. There's always things that, that happen that take place during these moments. And, you know, you can argue the reasoning behind it, but I always wonder back to this bigger picture of it creates this dynamic from early on, either they go, like they make it through and they're stronger for it, or it takes their life on a completely darker path and they never fully 
come to terms with this responsibility aspect because their whole life has been running away from this kind of responsibility. Mm. Because I think regardless of the person, we all have times in our lives that we're going to have to face, whether we face them now or we face them later. And in those moments, it's not that things are just like one thing's going to go bad. Usually it's it's all these things start to happen, right? You know, relationships fall apart, your job falls apart, your fitness starts to go down, right? They call them downward spirals. And it's these big moments that challenge us that we all have to face. And so when I think about, again, like going back to the stories, you get to a point and depending on the situation, as well as the age, because children, you know, you have your, your things that you're still learning and you're trying to form thoughts and, and patterns in your head you get to this point where you have to realize that you can either accept it. And again, like you said, life moves on, you keep moving forward in life or you let it be the barrier to the future. You know, the Stoics have one thing and Stoicism to me is one of the greatest philosophies, but I think it's one of the hardest philosophies to adapt to a person because it's very hard to just accept these kinds of realities, especially when it's been your truth for so long, because, you know, you talk about the Stoics and you're like, Oh, you know, they they let, didn't control their they didn't let their emotions control them they controlled their emotions they were in these places where they could meditate they did the right thing they were righteous but then they talk about like the trauma in their life and they're like I can never do that so I always think that even though stoicism to me is the best one and there's always this barrier because it goes back to this point of this obstacle idea like you know you always have this obstacle that pre- that prevents you from the next thing and again I think when you get to this point like what you're mentioning with the life goes on life is just going to keep throwing obstacles. Hmm. So you either accept that and you keep overcoming obstacles and you get better for it or you let it hold you back. Now, the way you get there, again, you, you, you can relate to this by the people that you've spoken to since it's more targeted towards your niche. We all get through our places that we want to be through different methods. Hmm. Everyone's journey is going to be different, but there's a consistency in the mindset and the willingness to overcome this kind of uncomfortable adversity and especially when we're when we have to overcome this and it's a younger age or at least we had this in a younger age now we're at an older age and we're looking back we have to start with this acceptance piece because the problem that i see most people having isn't that they're not not unable to overcome the situation it's that they're too afraid to accept the situation as it actually took place They don't want to accept where they are in life. They don't want to accept what happened to them. They don't want to accept the trauma. They don't want to accept the wrongdoing. They don't want to accept that they didn't grow up in a perfect household. And so without the acceptance piece, they don't actually have a starting point. They have no place to go to because they can't even start in a position of truth because they're afraid to. And you can't build a building off an invisible foundation. It just doesn't work that way. So I think it always goes back to you have to be able to, whether you love it, you hate it, you got to be able to accept that some component that you can't change what the past did to you, for you, or however you want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I relate with that a lot because it's, I've asked myself over and over again, you know, what's the difference between me, a couple of my siblings versus the rest of them, you know, the ones that have unfortunately made some worse decisions. I mean, we all make mistakes, but the ones that have gone down a path that leads them into the self-pity and woe is me mindset. And I've thought about it a number of years, and it really comes down to exactly what you're saying in regards to 
the siblings that have constantly, like like you said at the beginning, never had a break because it seems like everything just keeps going wrong and wrong. For the most part, it's they are so good at lying to themselves that they now believe the lie that they've told themselves for so long. It's like if there was a hole in this wall behind this photo and I said, no, I took care of the hole in the wall, but I just put a picture there. It's like that doesn't actually take care of the hole. All I did was put a picture there. And they believe that the hole is literally covered up because there's a picture there when really it's like you have to go back, find that hole, accept the truth of your situation. Like you're saying, accept reality, accept this is what has happened. I need to figure this out and move forward. And I found that that's the, been the difference in my life. And still to this day, when I have encounters with not only my family, but other people who are in those cycles of uh, addiction, in the cycles of self-pity, in the cycles of woe is me, I blame the world for everything. It's those same steps. They just have lied to themselves so much for so long that they're not willing to accept truth. It's like they believe a lie, like it is truth, but it's not truth. And so it just spirals them into problems and problems and problems. And coming from a point where I'm like, I genuinely am a happy person right now. I look back at my life and I'm like, it's because not that I deserve it, not that I'm this righteous person, not that I'm this awesome you know, person, but it's because I was willing to accept there's issues here that I need to confront and I need to realize, hey, this is where I'm at in my life. How do I look at it in an aspect of what can I do from here? How can I move forward in a way that's better? Because I think and you might have some thoughts on this, Isaac. I think that deep down, we all know what we should be doing. We all know the things that will make us a little bit happier. It's just a matter of who's going to actually dive deep enough to accept that's what they have to do versus that's what I want to do. And I, I looked at my life and was like, I have to make certain changes to be a happier person one day. I have to. It's not something that I just only want, but I have to do it like it's a, like it's forced upon me almost. It takes a level of going through the journey of personal development to see these kinds of things. But one thing that I saw both in myself and other, and other people is that when you struggle through something, when you have to face adversity, a lot of, obviously a lot of times in the moment it can suck. It can be really awful to go through and you really want to give up. You want to just quit. You want to throw in the towel. But when you look back, you realize that you had the gift of having to become something more. Because even, especially with younger people, you know, I see, I've seen people that I haven't seen in five, 10 years. And, you know, back, the, back in those times, you know, they were the stuff, you know, they were up here, like they were the, they were the people that, you know, had the attention, they had all the friends, you know, yeah. like they, they, in those aspects were doing well. And then, you know, I see them after like, just by chance, chance encounters or just being in the same areas, you know, when I'm visiting family and they're the exact same person they were five, 10 years ago. And I'm like, you look like they look the same. They talk the same. They move like nothing's changed. Yeah. So they come to me and they're like, wow, you're so different. I'm like, you haven't changed at all. <laughs> like yeah. it to me, it just like it doesn't baffle me because like I get it. But at the same time, we're also at this point where there's a gift that has to be or not has to be, but could be recognized in the development of us going through tough times. And another thing, too, that I, that I also want to add, because while I do also hold in context the first part I just mentioned, there's a difference to me between becoming your better self and then becoming society's best self. Because I also don't want like I also want to say something, like, especially for people that came from like, you know, harder upbringings or they never really had money growing up 
or they were overweight all the time. You don't need to look at these role models that are winning Mr. Olympia on the stage. Like that doesn't need to be your goal. You shouldn't have to feel that that's your goal. You know, for you to go from obese to just a healthy weight, no six pack, but you're just a healthy weight, right? You got a normal heart rate. You got normal levels like that to me. If that's what you want, that to me is success. You don't need to be a bodybuilder to succeed in that region. Same with money, you know, with the hustle culture, which guaranteed, I believe it's more net positive than net negative. But one of the downsides is that you get people that, you know, they had parents that never had constant jobs. They were always struggling to find jobs or they were working, you know, all the jobs they could find that no one else would work. Hmm. And then they get into a job, you know, a corporate job where they're working in an office, but they work there. They have a pension and they can provide for the family and they, have, they don't have to worry about the, where the next check's coming from. So if they're happy with that, they're genuinely happy with that, then they don't need to quit their job to become an entrepreneur because that's what society wants. Hmm. So to me, it's also this point of, because society's become so clouded, I've said this before, and I'm not going to complain about society either. Just the fact that the reality is society is very crowded. There's a lot of things you can take. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of ways of living. You have to divorce yourself from culture and society and figure out what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. And then you got to be the best at what you want to do. And everyone's going to have different preferences. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Back to the point where I said where I've seen people that just haven't changed at all. I'm not looking down upon them. It's just they haven't changed at all. Now, whether or not they're happy with that, that's up to them. To me, that, like, that's not my decision to make. They have to know either I'm not fulfilling my potential or I've peaked and this is, this is it. Like, I like it here. So yeah, that's their decision. You know, I always, there's always this quote I love. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Scarface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But great movie. But there was one where they were driving um, and they talked in, in, in Al Pacino and Tony Montana. And that was his uh, character name. When they were driving, he brought this thing of like, they were like, man, you looked a year ago, like we were living in this cave, man, like everything sucks. And now look where we are now. And then he was like, you'd be happy. Me, I want what's coming to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy's laughing. He's like, what's that? He's like, the world, Chico, and everything <laughs> in it. You know, and to me, I love that line. Like, it's, it's a great yeah. line. Um, yeah. He's a great actor. But the point was, it's like, He's looking at like Mount Everest while this guy's just climbing the local hill. Mm. Doesn't mean this guy's worse off or going to be a worse person than this guy. But there's different levels to this game. But some of us only want to live in certain levels because although there's no written rule, the way I've seen it is that the greats, the more they want to be great, the more they have to suffer. Mm. Now, the way they look at suffering is different. But they don't do great things because they're targeted on the milestones. They do the great things because that's just who they are. Like yeah. they, that, they do, that's just a byproduct of how great they are. You know, like you talk about like these billion-dollar valuations of companies. You know, it's just like their goal wasn't, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna value my company at forty-seven billion. No, they're like, I'm gonna build the best thing ever, and I'm gonna make it the biggest thing ever. And they go public and they start becoming rich in mounds of money. And it wasn't because they had that specific target goal. Although some of them might have written it down, there was a bigger picture at play, right? It was a byproduct of a visionary's dream who actually was able to execute upon this dream. And so my point, I'm getting very broad here, but it goes back. It has to be broad to narrow down, in my opinion, in this part, where you have to realize that once you have a basis for the dream, you can get down to the center point of, okay, that's my finish line. 
that's where I want to be. That's the, that's the big picture. That's when I've really took in the car and maxed out its top speed. Mm. Now I got to figure out two things. One, have I done the acceptance to figure out my starting point? So I know how many miles I got to travel to get to my end point or kilometers, depending where you are. Um, and then the second part is what kind of car am I going to be driving? Because so many of us want the fast car, the car that's like, you know, it just screams like, oh, it's going to, you know, it's going fast, you know, zero to 60, mm-hmm. 2.4 seconds. It's got this top speed. And we're so caught up in the flashy fast car because we want to get to that end destination so fast that we miss out the car that maybe would be better for us yeah. or the car that's more reliable or the car that doesn't need us filling gas more often or the car that's more scenic, the car that maybe enjoys the process a little more, but takes a little slower. Because what happens is people take the fast car, but they don't factor in maintenance costs. They don't factor in how much they're going to stop for gas or how much oil they're going to need. Or if their part goes bad, there's only a few places that fix it. But you take something that maybe isn't as flashy and it's not as wanted by other people, which is a driver for us, you know, psychologically, that's just how it is. Mm. And you start taking the vehicle that's, you know, the, the road that's traveled. I think it was Robert Frost who wrote about it. You know, this, this whole idea that there's, there's two roads, there's a two paths. And the path less traveled is the path you must go on. And it's this whole idea that we all have our own paths. Mm. We have our own custom cars. But because we're so caught up in what other people already have, we're thinking that their car is best for our road. But you don't take a Lamborghini on ice. And you don't take an off-roader on a straight street car mm. or, or a pavement. You know, you think, that's the thing that we're just getting wrong. And even when we look up to people, when we look up to mentors or people we want to be like, we're looking at the wrong kinds of people, in my opinion, a lot of the times. You know, one of the examples I've given before is like the manosphere. Like, if you're a guy looking to get married, why are you listening guys trash all females? Like, that to me doesn't make sense. Like, I get there's a reality component and you shouldn't ignore that there are some bad women, just like there's bad men. But if you're trying to get married, why are you taking advice from people that their foremost purpose is to not get married yeah. or if they don't have kids and they're talking about, Oh, you should never have kids cause they're a liability. Well, yeah, kids are a liability in a money sense. Like that makes sense, but not in everything else that they mean. So to me, it's also this thing of what, like one level is holding ourselves accountable, but then we just completely ignore the side of holding ourselves accountable to one or surrounding people and the surrounding people that we look up to. Yeah. Yeah, it's like going to Adidas and asking for a Nike product, what what it's like, you know. It's I. It's funny that you mentioned that as well, just the whole aspect of everything you just said is really what I, in my speaking and in my coaching, that's the main point to touch up on is I help people discover more of who they are avoiding society in order for them to know what they want to do with their lives. Because like you're saying... You're not going to take your Lamborghini if you're going in the snow. You're not going to do these things. Everybody's path is a little bit different. And so I think it's it's important to take, you know, advice and opinions and thoughts from society or from people that we look up to, but to take everything with a grain of salt because the person that they are is not a one-size-fits-all. Just because A, B, and C happen in their life doesn't mean A, B, and C is going to happen in your life. And so you can take aspects like, hey, I like listening to, for example, I love listening to Jordan Peterson. He's one of my one of my favorite speakers, one of my favorite uh, just minds. His his thoughts I relate with a lot, and so I really enjoy the things that he says. But his life is so much different from mine. We come from completely different backgrounds, different countries. I mean, we come from so many different aspects, and so it's like I can take bits and pieces 
But really, if I don't know me, if I don't know myself, if I'm not willing to just be like, hey, I know society wants me to do this, I'm going to do this. I dropped out of college after about two years, or sorry, two semesters. I don't remember how long it is. Um, because I was just like, I, I cannot, I am not finding happiness here. I am not finding joy here, and I'm not finding purpose here. And so I started kind of losing my mind, and all of a sudden it's like, what should I do instead? That's when ideas started to come in, and I started grasping hold on things that I enjoyed. And at the time, I was dating a girl who her, her parents, her whole family was like school, 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 school. And me and this girl, we were very serious. Uh, I thought at one point, I was like, I, think, I, think, I thought I was going to marry this girl. We were very serious. Her dad, he was wealthy, and I looked up to him in that aspect because my parents had never been wealthy, so I needed someone with financial advice. So they're all school, 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 school. That's what I was being told, and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they're right, you know. But every single day at school, hated my life, hated it. And this is not me saying that school is bad at all. Like you're saying, if there's people who thrive at school and they 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 have that and they need that in order to find the joy that they're looking for, go for it. I myself didn't, so it's like, okay, I need to take myself out of the situation, find something that's gonna help me thrive the best that I can. And it was hard because I, I, I got friends, and I think this is an important aspect with everything you said, is I have friends who, close friends, who I thought about dropping out of school for a long time. And every single day I prayed about it. You know, I, I talked to colleagues and peers and people that I looked up to about it, family members. And I thought about it for a really long time and eventually was like, I'm going to make the decision to not. And I felt I've done a ton of research. I've looked into it. I'm ready to do this. Even after all of that, I'd have friends that I was close to sending me messages of like how they thought, hey, maybe it's better for you to do A, B, and C. And I'm just like, my man, <laughs> I've thought about this. And most people, because they're not sure of themselves, if somebody said something like that, it might cause them to turn around and, and not chase what they want to chase. But for me, I said, no, I'm sure of this. I've looked into it and I trust myself. And I'm strong with who I am, and so I'm going to pursue it. I took bits and pieces from people, and I took bits and pieces from school, and I did learn a lot. But I realized for myself, I need to find the car, like you're saying, the car that best suits my needs, that's reliable, that is fast enough, that is A, B, and C for me and not for anybody else. Yeah, I think it comes into the rationality point of like looking at the long term. You know, like mm-hmm. to me, like let's say you're a guy and you want to start a restaurant. And you need a hundred grand, like, to get the restaurant going. So, you might be able to get a loan for the ninety thousand, but you need to put up ten thousand collateral or a down payment. So you don't, you like, you're you're completely out of money. You got nothing. You just graduated. You know, you just finished paying off your loans, whatever. You need ten grand. So to me, you might work a job that you hate or a job that's like nitty gritty, but there's a bigger purpose of like I need the ten grand, which I'm doing the job for, so I can do my dream job. So to me, there's like a two-step process, right? Or I might be going to school because I really want to be a doctor. Now, I hate school, but I really want to be a doctor. And now doctors use a bad example because it's very associated with school. But (laughs) my point is like there's certain careers that need that sort of thing, right? Or there's certain pivots that they need to take it. But like an example, public speaker or a business person, like, you know, there's things that you can do better as long as you take advantage to. Because some people will be like, oh, school's not for me. And then they drop out, move back with their parents and play video games for the next seven years. And I'm like, well, yeah. That's not really a better alternative. Like, you can't just say school's for me as, like, an excuse to just not do anything with your life. Like, no, like, school's not for me because 
I'd rather spend the 40 hours and work and then build a business. And even if it fails, I'm okay with it because I'm going to try it again. So, like, that, to me, that's the point where we need to get to. Like, there's a rationality behind where are we being lazy and where are we wasting time. Hmm. And there's two things I want to touch on, and one of them is a little longer, so I'll touch on the shorter one. The decisiveness part to me is very important because I think as men, like, we're, we're in the society where, like, we're, like, slowly just deteriorating our decision-making process and our just our ability to be, like, just make a decision and follow it through. To me, I respect people who make a decision, and even if the decision's wrong, they follow through with the decision, and then they're like, okay, I made the wrong decision, but like I stuck with the decision. I'm not just going to change it halfway. To me, I like seeing a decision follow through. Now, I'm not saying like a long-term three, five-year play, but when you're making a decision and the next day goes wrong, you don't just kind of switch with the wind, in, yeah. in my, like, my personal opinion. So for me, like be calculated look at different sides, look at different outcomes, look at different scenarios, and then make a decision and, and, you know, call the shot, like make decision, use your gut, use your intuition and trust it. Cause otherwise you're just going to spend so much time that you're going to waste all the time that could be spent on other things. Hmm. And the second part I'll touch on and back to this point of like about advice. And you, you mentioned the person that you looked up to with your, with your, um, the girl at the time you were with her father, when we're building our lives, just like cooking a meal, we're, we're building an entire, like an entire meal, right? We're, we're adding the different components, the different ingredients and all the ingredients we add are our own, right? Like that, that's different components of what makes us, our dreams, our ambitions, our personality, our character, our values, our legacy that makes up the dish, right? You know, whatever you have, you have like the things that go on it. You have the protein sources, the carbs, the fats, cool advice from other people wisdom from other people instructions guidance from other people they're like all the spices you can put into it Hmm. and even if the person isn't the cleanest person maybe they're a little shady maybe they don't really care about you maybe they hate you to death the spices which become the message aren't necessarily bad simply because of how the person feels about you and my point to this is let's say you have 20 different spices right some of the spices might have food coloring on the outside. So if you grab it with your bare hand, it's going to stain you. Mm. You grab it with a towel, it's not going to stain you, and you can use a spice. Let's say someone, let's, let's go out of the box. Let's say someone has put cactus thorns around a spice one. If you grab a woolen glove, you can still use the message. That's the spice, regardless of how the messenger feels about you. Mm. But then you can't, you know you just can't, like if you're not a spice-based person, like you don't like spicy, well, you know you can't just take the cayenne and the ghost peppers and the jalapenos and start adding it. But you can only know that if you're aware enough to know what kind of things you like and you don't like. You know, if you want to spend time with family, well, then you don't want to add every other spice. And then the dish is too spicy where you can't add the family in. Like that doesn't make sense. So to me, it's this argument of you got to use parallel reasoning. However, you justify it. If you're a sports guy, use basketball, football, baseball, soccer. If you're, a technology guy use technology examples of how computers work, of how software works, of how coding works. Yeah, like whatever you do, you can find analogies and find parallel reasoning that in whatever language you so-called a speak in, in parallel, it doesn't make sense. And then you translate it and you're like, well, my life at this in this context, which is when it makes sense. Hmm. Life is meant to work logically. And then it's meant to be lived illogically. And what I mean by that is that there's a system of how the world works. 
But our interpretation of how the world works can change. We can change how we see things. One of the greatest examples, and it makes a lot of people happier, is looking at, is switching the word have to to get to. Mm. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. I don't have to spend time with my kids or my wife. I get to spend time with my wife that I love. Even though it doesn't always work out, even though we have fights, I still love her and I'm there for her. Even though my kids might drive me crazy and keep me up until two in the morning, I still love them. Mm. And I get to spend time with them regardless of how they treated me the other day. So it's these things that the same scenario takes place, the exact same thing in reality, in the logical world still exists. But our gift isn't the logical. Our gift is understanding the logical and then seeing it the way we want to see it. And that's how we can all live in the same world, yet completely live different lives. And that's why arguments like money doesn't make you happy, while true, it misses the point. Mm. People who think money makes them happy aren't happy. But there's people that have money and they're very happy. And they're living in the best of both worlds because not only are they happy, but they don't have to worry about paying the bills. They don't have to worry. They can take their family on vacations. They can give money away, which makes them even happier. They can do the change they want to build. Like to me, like to me, when people think about that, they're completely sidetracking the argument because you're completely like, again, you're missing the point because again, when you understand yourself and you understand what you want to be doing and you're not ashamed of it too, that's an important part too. You have to be proud of what you want to be doing and what you see yourself as then you can start living a life that's way better and however you define better. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> it's it's really unique. I like your spice analogy, even though I, I'm not the best cook. I don't enjoy cooking all that much. <laughs> but I do like the analogy, and I do like when people cook in my behalf. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But um, I, it's it's so funny because we all perceive things differently, and... I don't know. We like to, because as humans, we like to look at everything in the logical standpoint. Like you're saying, this is what happens. That's why people become the idea of like a statistic is because it's like, oh, he had a bad family. He got bad grades in school. Therefore, he is this. And you get put almost in a box. And it's like, no, our purpose in life. I really like that phrase you said. Um, You're going to have to send me it so I don't remember, so I don't forget it. It was look at life logically interpret it illogically is that what it was yeah i gotta okay. i gotta look it back to it i honestly i kind of say a bunch of stuff and then i kind of forget <laughs> half the stuff i hey. say i'm not gonna lie with you even me and that's a good thing that means it's coming from the heart but uh i i love that because that's what i and what i think everybody should try to do their best because sometimes people are going to look at you like they have no idea what you're doing and they'll, they'll think oh he's kind of a moron for doing this he's got kind of moron for doing that he shouldn't live his life that way but if you can see it in the way that you are being benefited and you're growing, then that's that's the way you need to look at it. I have a friend who he's like my one of my closest friends. I just barely helped him move the other day to here, which is great. He's also my barber. He does a great job. <laughs> um, and I remember when he told me he wanted to become a barber, I had no idea what barbering really was as far as like what actually goes into it and i was just like oh another person that wants to cut hair i like the craig's cuts or the sports clips down the street you know i was just like for me it was i don't know man like 
how big, like, in my mind, I thought this. I didn't say it to him, but I was like, how much money can you really make? I mean, barbering, really, is that really, like, what you want to do? Or or what's the situation there? And he just went for it. And he just was like, this is what I enjoy. And now I'm starting to see the fruits of what he's doing. And I'm like, wow, you just went for it because you felt that it was right. You felt that it was a good thing. And now you're doing so much better because you were just willing to act and just be the person that you're meant to be. And now he's doing well. He makes good money off of it. He's growing a following. It's awesome. And so I look up to that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do what makes me happy. Even if everybody doesn't see exactly the way that I see it, because I've found a way that I enjoy that helps me to be a better person and that helps the people around me to be a better person. And if you can find those three things, you're doing pretty solid in life, even if you don't see all the successes at first. So my point with Nietzsche is also that, again, the interpretation that we hear him as nihilistic or that we see him as nihilistic, at least in what my example was, is that it's because we're so limited to one frame of thinking. And people also get this wrong in my definition of truth. I have the saying where it's like the law is the law, you know, physics is physics, math is math. But the truth is subjective. Now, there's one actual truth. There's the reality truth, right? It's, there's, there's what actually happens, and that is the truth. But truth as used in the language that we speak is usually subjective because if I don't have all the facts, well, then maybe I'm not – like how could I be telling the truth if I don't know the whole story? Hmm. But to me, I'm not lying, and I'm not avoiding the answer. So to me, it is truth. Hmm. But if you know the rest of the story, well, to you, it's a lie. So – I'm lying in your eyes, you're telling the truth, but I believe in my entire heart that I'm telling the truth, which obviously doesn't make sense. So it comes to this point, again, truth is subjective. What we believe is true becomes true, not in the sense of how the world works. Like our truth doesn't shape how the world is, but it shapes how our world is, right? If you like, and people have this, I mean, a good example a lot of people have is in, like, is in relationships. People aren't in relationships. The truth is subjective, if you believe your partner doesn't love you and they're going to cheat on you, well, that's the world you're, you're going to live in. Whether they do so or not could be influenced by the fact of your beliefs. Because you believe they might leave, it might happen because you might do things or see things that are going to force them to leave. Mm-hmm. But regardless of what, how that's affected, your world's going to be tarnished because of it. So then you ask yourself the question of what's the trade-off of me believing and those kinds of things. Well, if you believe your partner doesn't love you and they're going to leave you, every time they're not with you, you're going to be thinking about what they're doing. Every time they're out with friends, you're going to be wondering if they're not going to come home that day. Every time they're texting someone, they're on the phone with someone, they get a gift from someone, they go see an old friend. You're always thinking the worst case. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, if you're like, well, to be honest, I love my partner, but if they leave, they leave. And I'm going to be me. I'm still going to grow and I'm not going to stop working on my business or my career or my health or my body. So I'm going to relax. Like if they cheat on me, I'm not going to tolerate it because I don't have that level of disrespect for myself. But otherwise, they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. So that they, they live from this frame of, well, they go out. Well, I hope they come back safe. I'm not worried about them cheating. Oh, you know, they, they didn't come back with their friends last night. Like, are you good? Do you need an Uber? Do you need me to come get you? Because they're not worried about it. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but it means that they're now influencing how the world is because what does their partner say? Well, he's confident. He doesn't think I'm going to do anything. Why would he think that? 
you think I could he replace me? So it's not that you're doing this on purpose to put stuff in their head, but like if you live from a certain frame because you're realizing that the truth that you live in is subjective, I keep looking at that camera. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> you're getting to this point where then you realize of, well, if the way I think about the truth, the way I think about myself, if that's shaping the world that I live in, not the world, but my world, then that's a powerful shift because now I'm in position of place. Like I say this all the time when I'm out with people, like they, like a lot of people, especially people that don't know me, like they don't know what to think sometimes. And it's funny because I used to like no one in my life and people that even didn't know me, no one in my life ever questioned the fact that I was extroverted. Hmm. Like you, you, like I was just an extroverted guy. Like you just, you just knew I was extroverted. Yeah, and like two or three years ago, really when when the, the when COVID hit, when I first started seeing people after COVID hit, I got asked the question if I was an introvert. For the first time in my entire wow. life, that question mm-hmm. came up, and so I was like, "Why would they think that?" And then, I, and then I, I mean, it didn't take me long, and I was like, "Okay, I get why they think that." Like I've been doing a lot of personal work, but I realized that by changing how I acted, people were already creating these new interpretations. And then I even met people like that I had known in the past. And like I said, with the change thing, they didn't even recognize who I was. Like I, I talked to them. And they were like, how do we know each other? They're like, oh, that's you. Like, I, like to, so to me, it's like obviously one part's the physical aspect, but two parts, the mindset aspect and the mindset that I think we have to recognize if we want any sort of potential is this polarization of potential. And what I mean by that is that the more we tap into the potential of the person we're meant to be, the more authentic we're forced to become and the more of a polarizing force we're meant to be. And the thing about polarization is that unfortunately, a lot of people use it for bad, especially in content where they try to yeah. polarize audiences and they make a lot of money and it works because here's the thing about polarization. It's, it's a tool just as money is. And obviously the, the, the reasons behind it, right? Like the love of money is the evil of money or, you know, the polarization for the use of money can be a bad thing. But polarization, again, is a tool. And the easiest way to compare it is a magnet. What does a magnet that has equal proportions of negative and positive on the same side do? Nothing. Hmm. It can pass through any magnet. It doesn't raise anything. It doesn't lower anything. It's just there. So that's some people that coast through life. Because they're afraid to become their true selves, Hmm. which is why nothing is affected by them. No magnet moves because they haven't chosen a path of their own accord. But what happens the more you become polarizing? Well, the more you tap into the side of magnet you are, not the middle, but the more you're like, well, I'm kind of this person. I'm that kind of person, right? And I like to think of it in terms of like positive is order, negative is chaos, um, just cause that to me is a better dynamic. So let's say you're leaning more to the order side. So you're going, 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 the more you lead to the order side, the stronger the magnet becomes, the stronger the chaos comes to order. And now you're dealing with bigger and bigger bounds of magnets that are order or chaos mm. because you're attracting it and the other order you're pushing away, you're pushing it down. And so to me, it's this polarization creates a journey, right? It creates the hills and valleys, not the flat road. Yeah. But then at the end of the journey, when you look back and you talk about legacy, the person that chose to be polarizing changed a lot of things, but the person that chose neither side changed nothing. Mm. I like that a lot. I think that's where a lot of people gain. One, I love that fear is tied into all of that. I'm going to even backtracking to 
when you talked about, you know, the the boyfriend who's scared that his girlfriend's going to cheat on him all the time. Fear-based. The people that don't haven't chosen a path yet because they don't want A, B, and C to happen. Fear-based. And then in this respect, it's fear of success. When it, like you're saying, if you're leaning more towards the order side, at the same time, here comes the chaotic side, right? And some people are scared that, oh, if I actually have success in something, if I'm doing really well in something, it brings more responsibility in life. It brings more pressure. It brings more A, B, and C, right? Like everybody, you know, if you really think about it, I'm like, I love basketball. And if I wanted to go to the NBA, the best place to be would be that player that's good enough to be on the bench the whole year, but not good enough to play a lot because how easy would it be to have no pressure on you you get to travel with the team you get to do some of the fun stuff and you're just chilling but nobody knows who those players are because they haven't done anything necessarily significant and that's just an analogy those players are obviously still some of the you know top 400 players in the world they they got skills but you know what i'm saying whereas it's like if you're the michael jordan or the lebron james yes you have this extra amount of success but with it comes pressure it comes press it comes people it comes all these other factors and so people get scared and they and they fall away from success because they don't want all of those things and because i to me it's 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 what your core of what you just said was is they don't know themselves and or trust themselves it's very attractive to everybody um especially especially women is when you know who you are and you are strong with it like you're saying of the analogy of the boyfriend and girlfriend if i am confident in myself yes they could cheat on me yes they could go off and do a b and c but that's not going to change the way that i just live my life otherwise i'm going to be worried all the time and you're less attractive to women you're disposable in a sense because they're like oh he's just nothing but a fearful doesn't do anything else besides be worried all the time like you're not attractive because you're seen as something that's negative whereas if you're positive people and women are attracted to that because you are strong in who i am yes it's you know she could cheat on me that doesn't change who i am it doesn't change the way my life's gonna go i'm gonna do everything i can you know make sure that she doesn't and like i hope she doesn't but if she did where am i gonna be afterwards and i think with any relationship with any endeavor that we go on that is so important to have a confidence in yourself if I fail, if this fails, I'm still going to be the person that I am. If all of this happens, I'm still going to be the person I am. And it's healthy. If you're not like that and you're just coasting, then like you're saying, every which way you're getting pulled is who you're going to end up being. If you go through any challenge, and by the way, any challenge will come with more challenges. If you go through any challenge, as soon as something else comes up, you'll fail. If you're with any girl, as soon as you are raising so many fears and anxieties, she's going to leave. There's so many different aspects to it. But if you know who you are and if you know the core of yourself, then no matter what you do, it doesn't matter necessarily the outcome as long because you're going to get through it because you're going to push through it. Even if you fail a couple of times, you're still going to keep pushing. Even if it doesn't go the way that you expect it to, you're still going to get keep pushing because you know who you are. And just because something doesn't go the way that you expected, it doesn't change anything. The last thing I say with this is, is Lionel Messi killing it in the World Cup right now. Um, but uh, he has a quote that I love. And, and he's just like, if I didn't get paid a single cent for playing soccer, I would still play soccer every single day. 
because he loves it so much. It's similar to Kobe. I love Kobe, and I love a lot of his quotes. And, you know, Kobe's whole thing is like, it doesn't matter what the fetch you do. I don't care if you're a basketball player or if you're a doctor or if you're a teacher. I don't care what you do. It's the way you do it. It's everything, and that's relationships, careers, uh, friendships. It's it's everything that we do. Yeah, to me, it's interesting, too, because I think in a lot of ways— this platform itself just thinking like just thinking this this scope for a second hmm. i have a great team like i got a lot of great people i work with and I'm, I'm very happy to have these people you know that help me that do the things that i need them to do um that we can grow together but because i'm the host of the podcast the podcast can only and i'm also the owner of, of this platform it can only grow both the podcast and the business can only grow to the extent that i grow yeah, like it only like it scales to to my to match my capabilities. So if my capabilities don't go up, the business can't go up. The podcast content cannot evolve if I do not evolve. And so one of the things that, and you know, and not I don't think any of the listeners really know this yet, but this is actually one of the pivoting moments in the business right now, and we're actually drawing to a close the end of season one of our platform. Um, so cool. yeah, so it's it was it's great. But one of the things that that this brings is that the next shift of content, which is big enough that we're we're changing a season, which this is our first season change, actually, um, Mm -hmm. is that we're stepping more into my headspace, not just what I see changing in the world based on what we do and what we think, but how I'm actually thinking. And the reason for it is that I'm realizing that while I'm very good at discussing this with myself, I'm very good with talking to myself. When I discuss goals and mindset, I barely do so with other people because it's a very, it's a lot more personal to get to the root of how someone thinks. To me, I don't care if I'm playing chess with someone else and someone else sees my moves, but I'm not I'm not yet at the point where I'm opening my chess book up and I'm showing them my next five moves. Hmm. So that gets to the point where now I'm working on the shift where we're you know again I'm working with my team and we're talking about these ideas, and so the point I want to bring is. The more we're able to say how we want to do things and we're able to really put it into words that don't need much explanation, the better we are at executing it. And so the example that I want to bring is that when you mention relationships and you mentioned like, you know, the authenticity part and just being in your own light, to me, I've always struggled sometimes bringing it into words because a lot of times when I talk about some of the things that like involve me and then involve other people, yeah. if I say it the way I think it, it often sounds very arrogant to most people. And mm. so I'm not trying to make room for other people. I just need to make sure they get the picture. So if they still think I'm arrogant. That's different. But I don't want to ever send a message that's just so vague or ambiguous that's open up to too many interpretations that take it away from the original meaning because you can, again, you can look at things different ways, but there's a difference between seeing different sides of the same story and then completely reading three different stories because you have no idea which one it could be. Yeah. So my point with that is like, again, with this thing is I'm never worried about relationships because, or like what happens in relationships because I only, I know there's one of me. And economic like economic principles dictate the laws of scarcity. If there's only one of me, and I continue to improve, then I'm going to be fine. But then on the flip side, there's so many of them, but not to the point that they're all the same. Everyone's unique in their own regard, but to the point that there's there's more than one woman that I'm compatible with, 
that I'll have chemistry with and then I have connection with. Yeah. So I can go into a relationship and then people also hear this and they're like, well, then your relationships are probably suck because you're always like ready to leave to the next person. I'm like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. I'm like they like, and, pe- and people it's also, it also like it shocks people too that people that know me like when I'm not in relationships, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same. Like I'm continuing grinding stuff like this when I'm in relationships, like I'm still the same grinding person going for something. But yeah. then that extra energy. Because a lot of times being with like a person, especially gets me extra energy. It always pours back into them. Mm. And I'm never afraid that I'm losing or wasting that energy because I'm so willing to give it. And I'm not taking from my own cup. I'm taking what was already spilling out of my own cup. So that's this analogy of like, you know, you don't pour into others before you filled up your cup. You know, you pour into your cup and then you make sure they're catching everything that pours out of it. Mm. And, and so to me, it gets this question of, like, again, back to this whole point of, like, narrating a whole mindset or saying the goals. I never share my goals for one specific – or I don't – I'm not going to say never, but I mostly never share my goals because I never – one of okay, I have one fear in life. Mm. I, I just have one, and that's complacency. I mm. never want to look back with regret. I never want to look back and say, man, I, I was one of the guys that just didn't change, that nothing changed about me. I always want to be the guy that – that like I like I want my life to me is this like it, it has to be this way. It doesn't mean there's dips and downs like every time, but I need an upward trend because yeah. that's just who I am. And so with the goals and the complacency part, I know people who have shared goals and they get all this validation like, oh, that's great goal. Like, I'm so happy for you. You're going to kill it. And they haven't done anything yet. And so mm. in my life, like I know I've accomplished things, but in scopes of where I want to be. Man, I've done nothing, man. You know, I, I've, I've walked to the base of Mount Everest and I still haven't even climbed. That, like, that to me is how I see it. And so I'm yeah. like, if I just start saying my goals all the time, like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. And I start getting all this validation. I'm fearful that it's going to keep me, not maybe like mm. flat, but it's, it's going to like, let's like even a 10% decline of the original like climb yeah. can off track me so many years and I might not get to the peak. I might not make the summit of Mount Everest because it takes a certain level of vision and clarity. Mm. And so what I'm realizing now is, you know, there's, again, it's this whole thing about affecting about the spice. You know, you got to like, you got to recognize the spice. You got to recognize what's going on. And you got to recognize this whole idea that if you don't know what ingredients you're working with, the wrong messaging can mess you up. And it always Mm. comes back to first understanding yourself. But I think like, and I think you mentioned this too earlier, like you're happier than you've ever been. And it's not because you've have everything you've ever wanted. It's because you've seen everything you ever wanted to become and you know you're getting on that path. And while you're on that path, well, you're the happiest you can be because there's a certain limitation on our feelings, on how we feel, how we think based on the person. Again, like the capabilities we are. So like, and to my example, we'll go back to the, like to the platform. The platform's operating its max capability because I'm at my max capability. So we're, maxim- we're maximizing effectiveness based on my effectiveness, but 100% utilization at, at 30% me, it's not maximized only because of the bottleneck here. But this goes up, then this can go up, right? So mm-hmm. happiness operates the same way. Happiness is not a state of being. It's a feeling like everything other. But I've been happy before, and I've been happy now. Yeah. And the happiness is like, like it, it's, it's like saying, what's the best food you've ever had? And you come from a, like a poor family. 
and all you've ever really had is rice and beans, and you try mm. a flank steak with mm. made in Coca-Cola for the first time. That's the best food you've ever had. Mm. But then you go and then you get paid out to fly out to some place and you get like, you know, the surf and surf. You got your, your you got your weight. You got your age way You got a whiskey, man. <laughs> you got like the lobster on top. Well, everyone can tell you that that wig was going to taste better than that flank steak. Mm. That lobster is going to taste better than like you know, the shrimp that was like two weeks old that you got mm. hand me down. So it's not that there's something wrong with the other one. It's that there's thresholds that we can break through and completely reframe everything in our lives. Yeah, and I think I like the point that you make of you just it's this just the idea of not being complacent but being happy with where you're at as you're progressing, knowing that yes, I can post, you know, something on Instagram and say, Hey everybody, we are, you know, our podcast, we're in the top ten percent of podcasts, something like that. That's a cool accomplishment. And everybody validates like, Cool, good for you, but it's like I'm happy with that. I am. But that is not anything near what I expect to be eventually. So I'm going to just keep moving on this upward spiral in order to continue to have more and more. I think too many people don't accept the moments that do go good and the moments that don't go bad. But look at them from a positive standpoint, both of them. Because if it's uh, this is a good moment and this is a great moment for me, my positive outlook is like we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep growing. This is a failure for me, and this was a halt in some senses, but avoiding that, we're going to push through and just keep going. If you maintain that, it doesn't matter what you go through. I don't think enough people realize, and you know how it is starting things up and starting a business. It's a challenge, and it is hard. Oh, dude, it's so hard, and it's such a pain, and there's so many stupid things that go. I mean, just right now in this podcast, you had your camera malfunction, right? I've had yeah, yeah. crap like that happen several times, and it's just like things that people don't see but that are a pain. But because we're both doing something that we enjoy and that we love, it's just like I sh- I shrug it off with laughter. I'm just like, you know, that yeah. pissed me off for a sec, but now it's like I just enjoy it. Let's just let's just freaking keep going and push through. And people that have that mindset are able to accomplish so much more because there's no limit. Because they see nothing but I'm just going to keep going and going and going. And I'm going to push through, do the small things. And if I could add an aspect of thought to this, I would add it's somewhat you – you made me think about it earlier with something you mentioned in regards to people that are setting goals but not enjoying the journey. I think that your goal and your vision can be huge. But if you can't do the little things now, you're not going to do the little things later. And so I think sometimes we look at our end giant goal as like, that's it, you know, and we forget that maybe my goal today is like, oh, I want to run a marathon. So maybe my goal today is half a mile because I know I can run half a mile, but it's more than zero. It's not like, you know, I'm not pushing myself at all. I'm still pushing myself. We're not just going to run a marathon in a day. You have to slowly build it up and, and, and do things like that. And so sometimes you have to, in a sense, set the bar just low enough that it does cause you to reach, but that you can accomplish it. And then that way you're continuing to progress. Whereas too many people, I want to lose 100 pounds this week. It's like, okay, well, or this year, right? I want to lose 100 pounds. Okay, well, here's the thing. You have bad eating habits. If you can't change that small detail, how are you going to experience this big goal change? How about first, let's say, hey, this week, I'm not going to eat any sugar for for five days, right? Maybe the last two days of the week, I'll eat something sugary, but for five days, I won't. Once you do that, you'll be like, dang, I can accomplish certain things. 
And then that vision of losing 100 goals becomes more realistic, more achievable, and you'll find yourself enjoying it along the way. In my podcast, you know, I wish I could just be like, dang, we're the top podcast in the world after, you know, just a short amount of time. But it's like that never happens. So it's like put it into perspective of I just enjoy doing this. And if it was the best, I'd still enjoy it. If it was the worst, I still enjoy it. But along the way, I'm going to find things that I can change that will help me achieve my ultimate, ultimate goal. Yeah, there's two things I have to say on that. And the first one, just being that overall part that you have to like, there's a difference between, you know, like staying where you are because you're just complacent. And you're like, oh, this is I'm doing well enough. And just mm. having gratitude to the things that come in your way, you know, like gratitude, gratitude is a good word. Grat- I like gratitude that to me is the key. Like you just have to be grateful. Like it's just like things aren't promised. People that listen to you, your fans, your supporters, your followers, like they don't got to follow you, man. Like, to be honest, like they're they're the ones that have the power. Like they could leave. They could stay. And so to me, it's just like I'm grateful that you're here with me, whether you stay for the rest of the journey or you leave tomorrow or even today. Like, I'm just glad you're here now. And, mm-hmm. and so to me, I'm not I'm not promising anything. I'm not guaranteeing anything. But, you know, if we're, we're on a journey and, you know, whether you stay, whether you go, you know, that's 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 you. And I hope everyone does the best in their lives like i genuinely do because we can all win in the end if we put the right effort in but mm. that that segues me into the point and i'm not going to get to my second point yet but my first like the first point continues into this part when you mention this idea of like you know you might have these huge visions and these huge goals for your life and then you talk about trying to break it down to the small days to me it's like a rocket ship let's say the rocket mm. ship's trying to go to mars and you're taking off and you got all this initial fuel right you want to have that initial momentum and you don't want to lose the momentum. So you don't like a rocket doesn't stop in midair and like, Hey, let's just chill here. Like, no, that's how it goes <laughs> down and it crashes and it's terrible. Right? Mm-hmm. No, you got to keep going. But once you've already set the course directory, you don't need to keep looking back at the course directory. You don't got to keep saying, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. No, like, you know, that's the big picture. Just keep it in mind. Like yeah. the aust- the astronauts don't forget, Oh, I'm going to Mars. Like, you don't just forget that the whole mission is to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. But while they're in the rocket ship, turn on the oxygen takes, make sure everything's good, you know, make sure the gravity's turned on, make sure the food's going on, make sure there's no leakage. What are you doing? You're in the present on the journey to the destination, but you're making sure that everything that you do in the day-to-day gets you to the end destination. Mm. So it's breaking down the long-term vision and making it a live-in-the-moment presence so you can really live life the way you want to live it while going the right way. And then the second point, and I think, and you've probably taken away, I've taken a lot, I've taken, taken a lot away from this conversation, but if anyone takes anything away at all, to me, this is one of the biggest keys. And that is assume responsibility for everything without internalizing anything. Hmm. And what I mean by that is regardless if you fail, regardless if a mistake is made, regardless if you win, regardless if you succeed, don't in turn allies any of it Mm. you aren't the winning you aren't the losing you aren't the failure you aren't the mistake you aren't the success everything that happened were simply byproducts of your actions mixed with the world's reactions Mm. now with that being said i don't want you to take that and then lose the last part which is assume responsibility if something goes wrong, even if like, like if something goes wrong in my business, 
and it was my team and like it happened because of a team member. I'm not over there blaming the team member. I'm saying, all right, let's deal with it. Like, no, like it's my responsibility. I'm not blaming myself either. Like, yeah. I'm not going to blame them. I'm not going to blame me. Like, what, what's that going to do? Oh, man, it's your fault. Okay, cool. Like, we solved the problem. No, I just blame someone. And now they feel like crap. They already messed up. They know they messed up. But yeah. the point is, I just assume responsibility and we move forward. But the whole thing with the internalizing is people. Okay. People let their egos get to their heads when they start winning and they think that they're their personality is winning. I'm a winner because my actions create winning as a byproduct. I win because it's what I do, not who I am. Hmm. Right. I, I am certain kinds of values, a gentleman, a stoic, an essentialist, whatever, like I have in them, like written down. But winning is just a byproduct of all this stuff. I win in my situations because of who I am. I don't. And if I fail in a situation, it's not be, it. It's because of who I am. I made a mistake. And I failed, but I'm not failure. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's, there's a boundary that people have to set. So if anyone takes anything away is there's a clear cut line that differentiates identity from the actions of identity, right? The outcomes of identity, right? So there's, there's, a, there's a process that goes through that we have to separate, whether it's the positive feelings like success and winning and the negative ones. Because what happens is so many people get on the sidelines of their own lives because the emotions and the feelings, both negative and positive, sidetrack them from the bigger picture at play, right? You know, and it's the whole thing that they said at the beginning, the big successful people climbing these big mountains, their objectives, the things that we praise, they're not the big picture. They're byproducts of who they are. They aren't the actual definition of who they are, right? Like entrepreneurs aren't a single company. The companies are byproducts of who they are. That's why they start multiple companies, not just one company. So, like, it's these things that we have to start shifting our minds because then we can change everything. Again, if we shift our mindset, like, the world just changes how it is. Yeah. And it applies into just every aspect of life, whether it's career, relationships, all the stuff that we've discussed today. That same mindset, it applies to everything. I, I just think that, how can I phrase this properly? If we if we are just accepting everything that, for example, I'm a winner because of this, that's what we become enveloped in, and that's the person that we then become. We take away from who we actually are, and we become what society, what your friends, whatever has made you out to be. Or I'm a loser because of this. That one's even worse because you're just an extra loser because now you've lost. People associate you with this loss, and then you associate you with that loss, and all it is is a big loss. Whereas it's like, like you said, this is a loss that sucks. It happened. Let's move forward and hop back on the track where I'm at. You know, this is a win. Awesome. I love it. We're just going to keep going. The every single little day, daily things that we do that people think are just so small and, and little are huge because like you're saying, it makes us who we are. People start multiple companies because their company is not who they are, but it's just a product of what they're doing. Just like you said, every single day when we look into people's lives, we really should look at what they do or not not look at what they do, but how do they do it? That's the most important part. How do they live their lives? Do they wake up early? Do they do, they do the small, simple things that nobody else wants to do? Do they clean their room? Do they do A, B, and C in order to become this byproduct that I praise them for? 
when really I should look at, hey, how did they get there? How did they live their lives? That's what we should be looking at. Yeah, and then I'm going to use an ambiguous two sentences because I need. I think this is important for people to get to, hmm. and that's I'm going to use learn as the ambiguous word. I think everyone should learn from everyone, but I think we should only learn from us. We should only continue learning from a select few amount of people. And so the way I wanted to find learning in the first context is that we, there's things that anyone can teach us. And if we think we know everything in every situation, we're never going to grow as individuals. And if we want to get people to like us, not in the sense that we're trying to please them, but if we want to make connections and friendships and at least acquaintance, uh, make acquaintances, we should learn from everyone because people like talking about themselves, right? You look at um, how to make friends and influence people. Um, yeah. Dale Carnegie, he talks about it. Like, you got to ask questions and be genuinely interested in the answers. They ha- you, you have to make them the most interesting topic. So in the context, we do need to learn from everyone and we need to appreciate from everyone. But then when it comes from learning from in terms of taking wisdom, not just learning about someone or their scenario, but taking information purposefully in order to grow our character or grow to our purpose, we need to be aligning with people again who are fulfilling elements that we're learning from. Mm. Just as you wouldn't go to a personal trainer for investment advice, you don't want to go, you want to make sure you're asking, one, the people, the things that they're dedicated and specific to talk about. You know, like you got to make sure you're tapping into the expertise of what they serve. Doesn't mean you can't learn about other things, but it means that if you're you're learning from one element, you want to maximize what someone's capable of teaching. You know, if someone comes to me and asks me how to, like, paint and how to do art and how to interpret art, I like looking at art. I'm cool at looking at abstract art, but I got no idea what stuff is. Like, I mean, I can, and I'm a terrible artist, too. So, like, or teaching, teaching you how to sing or the vocals and that sort of deal. Yeah. So, to me, it's like, it's not that I can't speak on it. We can have a conversation about it. That's different. But to learn from me is going to take away from you. It's yeah. not because it, it's, it's just not going to maximize the use of time. In terms of you talking to like a Mozart or talking to a Picasso, like obviously that's the high end, but there's obviously a very big in between from Picasso to me. So there's a lot of people that someone could find if they're looking for that. And then the second component too is make sure they're on the path that you want to be doing. Like if you're learning how to, if you want to learn how to dance and you want to learn how to dance salsa, but you're learning from a contemporary dancer, there's a disconnect. If you want to learn how to play football and and the guy's a basketball coach or he played basketball and the NBA, there's a disconnect. So we're also looking at the wrong people. Again, back to the analogy of like, we're looking at people who want to stay single or bachelor, you know, playboy style for the rest of their life for marriage advice. Hmm. And then I'm just like, cause to me, it just doesn't make sense, but people try to make it make sense. Like I heard this analogy the other day and I was like, man, like I, at this point, I'm just like, really? Like yeah. this guy was talking about like how marriage just doesn't work anymore. And he was like, you know, people, like we go to these clubs and all these women are doing stuff. And I'm like, dude, if you go to a club to find a wife, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're not going to find a wife at a club. Like yeah. you might, there's a small 0.01% chance. That's like, everything. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm like in my head, like, like we're not even listening to the reasoning that comes out of our mouths anymore. Hmm. So when I say these learning things, like we have to start again, we have to start by understanding ourselves, but we have to get that. We're not going to take the same kinds of things out of every situation. And that's just the reality of things. Yeah. The worst kind of person is the CEO 
that's that that doesn't know the janitor <laughs> and that, that's a term i like to use because it's like if you can understand the things that you learn from the janitor the you know sales reps the marketing coach the so on and so forth up to the ceo it just equips you so much better in your position in life because you learn from each person the things that you needed to learn you were friends with the people that you needed to be friends with and so on and so forth you you grow i think there's too many people who put that aspect out of it and they want to just be at the top and act like oh i'm all this because a b and c or i got this because a b and c it's like if you just look at all the people in your life no matter what they do take a little bit from them move forward and as you move forward you take a little bit more from the next people so on and so forth it's like school you start in preschool you learn the things that you need to learn there you go to kindergarten first grade second grade so on and so forth you don't just keep going back <laughs> you know yeah i hope not you know if you, yeah yeah don't be don't be getting held back too much or you know don't be creepy either it's like if you if you're not in those grades anymore you're just going to keep progressing but you took what you had in those grades and enjoyed them Fourth grade for me was hype. I loved fourth grade. I'm not going to lie. Fourth grade is a great time. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm not in fourth grade anymore. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to learn the same things because now I can learn more. I enjoyed my time there. I enjoyed my teacher. I enjoyed the friends that I made there. But now I'm going to keep progressing forward with people who are going to keep progressing me. Like you're saying, I enjoy women, but yeah, I go to the club and I can't find a wife. It's like, yeah, that's because you're hanging out with people still who aren't ready to become a wife. You're hanging out with people who aren't ready to do A, B, and C. It's like maybe you take something from them at one point in your life, and maybe it was to realize, hey, I should stop going to the club and move forward. You take that aspect, and then you move forward with it. If we look at life that way, automatically it, it excels us to the next level automatically it excels us to being better you only have to ask a stupid question one time in order to get an answer and then move forward and be the smart one in the room most people are thinking the same questions that we're all thinking but if i'm willing to ask and to learn i'm going to be the guy at the next step you're going to be the guy at the same place because you didn't move forward yeah no i think this has been a great conversation i think to to kind of start just looking at wrapping it up you know there's something that you Mm -hmm. mentioned that I think is super important. I was like, I mean, you mentioned how fourth grade was a great time, man. Third grade, no, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> great time. It was funny. I remember, I remember a story. We had, I don't know what we were doing, but we had like a news news come into our school to like do some like some do some article, and mm-hmm. they were doing like a film thing, and I they were in my class, and so at this time I was like, man, I got to get this right. So we were doing like long division, man, and yeah. the teacher made a mistake. I called the teacher out, and I was right. Oh man. That was the best day. No, but I, I think it's funny too because I think um, I've I've always been that way. But mm. to be just to bring this back to like what we've been talking about, even looking at the past, I think that when we're so dedicated to our bigger pursuit of something more, it's cool to look back in this past because we're not getting caught up in the past. We just appreciate it. Mm. And I've said this before with relationships. I'm the same way with relationships. I smile and I laugh about that time in third grade. I told my teacher was wrong. I smile the time that I had my first girlfriend, that I had my first experiences with different people, that I went out with different people, that I went out with this person and this person. This person was an introvert. This person was an extrovert. This person was ambitious. This person was empathetic. This person was all these things. This person was none of those things. I remember all of those and I don't regret it and I don't miss it. Hmm. I just appreciate it. Like I can genuinely sit there, be happy with a smile on my face and just remember the good times. And if I need to, I can remember the mistakes so that way I can learn from them. But to be honest, I really only remember the good stuff. Yeah. You know, and so to me, 
it's only because I'm so focused on the future. I have a lifeline to the future. Like I just, to me, I can't stop. Like I, like I genuinely can't. To me, it's hard to stop. And I can only do so for so long before I just like, I'm just like, I got to take vacations now. And I mean, like, I like, I love experiencing new things. I love traveling, but like, unless I'm discovering something new, like I can't just relax somewhere. Like I I just, to me, it just doesn't work. Mm. And one of the reasons is because I'm so like, I'm so connected to this thing of like, I can continuously be better. I'm like, what more is there than to be better than who I was yesterday? Like, I mean, I look at, I literally look at myself a month ago, two months ago, and I'm like, I didn't speak the same way. I, I walk a slightly different way. I got mm. things under my belt now. I'm learning new things. Like, I'm always trying to do more because I love to and I choose to. Mm. Not because I have to impress anyone or I have to, you know, have all this revenge on anyone that I was in my past. So to me, and I, like, you know, as we close it off, like, I want you to tell people where they can find you as well as give a closing message. For me, my closing message is this. And it's that the sooner we can discover the starting and end points of our life, not that they're going to happen exactly the way we think they're going to happen, but we know a ballpark of what kind of, it's like knowing the mountain you want to climb. You don't know what part of the mountain you're going to end up on, but you know what mountain you're climbing. Like to me, if you mess up the mountain like that, like that's on you. And it also, it also is like the starting points, like knowing, well, if the mountain has eight different starting points, different sides, and then the starting points have different levels. It's also on you if you don't know which one you're at because, like, they're marked. They have flags. They say this is the north entrance, this is the west entrance, northeast entrance. Like, we need to know where we're starting and we need to know where we're trying to climb. And then from there, we can start building the kind of life we want to live. And we can start telling people off if they're not right for our lives. Because, like you said, the biggest thing, too, is that so many people are afraid to ask certain types of questions and stuff like this or like with girls a lot of guys i'm not, not, not even just a lot like most guys are afraid to mm. go up whether it's fear of rejection what and, and they start justifying it they spend two three hours where they're like well you know the girls might not into me she might have a boyfriend she might not want to this night like yeah. oh you know she turned her shoulder oh that might be you know like she might not be interested and i'm like you just spent two hours over one girl. You couldn't have gone up in two minutes and she could have she couldn't have looked at you and been like man you're the ugliest guy i've ever seen like i know way i'm going out with you Hmm. Like what? Like what now? Like you, 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 you dead? Like you got like no? It's like no. You're you're still there. Like we're yeah. good. You're you. Hmm. She doesn't even know you. Hmm. It's not even. It's literally not even personal. Besides the aesthetics, it's not even personal. Like it, she doesn't even know you. So how are you taking it personally when it's only based on appearance? And you're like, well, like if she if she associates like her dead father with the color shirt you're wearing. That's also not really on you. How are you going to know that? So like, to me, yeah. it's like there's so many things that could happen that we don't even think about because we want to like believe a certain kind of reality that, again, we have to expand this fact that truth is subjective. We need a starting point and we need to know what mountain we are climbing. Hmm. Yeah. If I could touch up before we close on, on that idea, uh, when I backtrack to um, earlier, you, you mentioned how there's not necessarily you didn't say it exactly like this but i'll say it It, there's not necessarily soulmates because a lot of people look at that like oh you if you don't view your girlfriend like that then you're messed up in the head you probably don't treat them nicely a b and c it's like well here's the thing we all have freedom of choice we all are able to choose and we all are able to so it's like it would be impossible for us to have a soulmate and i'm a religious person so people think religious people believe in soulmates for some reason uh, we all have choice that's one of the main things god has given us is just the freedom to choose what we want to choose a b and c uh, obviously certain circumstances and countries i'll screw yeah. some of that over but 
as far as us here in America, I have the freedom to choose and do whatever I want. And so if I have the freedom to choose, having a soulmate would take away from that because it would force me to have to be with that person. No matter what I did in life, I would have to be with that person. And it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, we have the freedom to choose. And so we find who is going to best fit us and who we are going to best fit. And obviously you can't be so picky that you're like, she has to be five ten and has to have, you know, a, B and C look like this. It's like, all right, let's take a little bit of those mine, minute details out of it, man. They didn't tell me that. Come on. (laughs) But no, it's true. And a lot of people look at it like that. And a lot of people look at life like that, where it's, there's one size fits all. If I do this career, then this is going to happen. If I do this, then that's going to happen. It's just like you have the freedom of choice. Like you're saying, if you're on a mountain and there's eight paths to the top of the mountain, no one's forcing you up which path you want to go. You choose which path you want to go on and whatever path you choose, you stick to it, you work at it. And if there's mistakes and failures and you slip and you scratch your knee up, you fall down the hill a little bit, you get back up and you keep going up that mountain. There's a freedom of choice in everything that we do. And so there's no too many people. And I want your listeners to know this, that there are too many people who think that because something didn't go the way they expected, that they failed completely and they associate their lives with failure. That's not how it works. If you fail, I promise you there's another path that's going to get you back onto the one that you wanted to be on. And it's just a matter of forcing your way and and working hard enough to be able to become that person. And as you do that, you'll realize, hey, there were so many paths. I took the path that best suited me. It was my choice, and I figured it out. And it builds your character. It builds you so much because you're just confident in that. And that's the only thing – you really need to focus on when it comes to life and careers and big decisions, all that. Yeah, man, that's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, where can people find you up? You can find me on, of course, the Instagrams, um, at the underscore LMGO underscore podcast, or you can find me Mbala 41, B A L L A H. I've had that nickname for too long now, but um, you can find me there on Instagram and then any Spotify, any p- platform that hosts a podcast I am on. And you can find my podcast at the life must go on podcast, LMGO. Um, you can find that really wherever. And then in about a month, you'll find me at monsonflake.com. So we'll reach out to you then. And maybe if this podcast comes out in a month, monsonflake.com that's where you'll find me yeah it, this podcast will be live after that period so yes that okay. will be in the description guys so, or in the show notes um so you guys can check out the website definitely check out the podcast guys give it a listen give it a rating because we know how the algorithm is um, <laughs> please do please but no guys definitely check it out you know conversations like these are impactful and from what i gather it's the same thing over there where we just have to have these conversations um, gentlemen, you know how we close it off here. Wink it, quisa, wink it. He conquers who conquers himself. That's all for today's episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. If you are serious about taking your life to the next level, visit our website, www.thegentlemansatlas.com for all our services, previous content, and full episode transcripts. We greatly appreciate your support and we're excited to see you in the next episode.